Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome dear brothers to another edition of Al-Bayan Live. I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman. And once again I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear brother, Sheikh Nasim Abadi. Assalamu alaikum. Waalaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alain. Excellent yourself. Alhamdulillah, I'm well. Always better seeing you. Pleasure is all else. All you know, it's, been, it's been too long. It has. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. We're back. Why the Muslim Woman, part two. Part one is available online. Whoever would like to return to part one and revise it, it's just a short introduction we can say, isn't it? It's always important that whenever someone has a part two of anything, that you watch part one or listen to part one because there's a lot of things that were mentioned there that it's important that you, to understand that what we mentioned today is built off that. So sometimes a person, they hear something, and they're like, well, that doesn't sound right or it's not something that I like or I didn't like how it was presented. Or why did you mention this and you didn't mention this? If you listen to part one, a lot of it will become clearer, inshallah. Excellent. Can we have a quick uh, revision of part one? What do you think? So we're still in the uh, introductory phase. Yes. And we're talking for the next few episodes, inshallah, Azza wa Jal, about the introductory phase uh, of the why the Muslim woman. And they're in no particular order. Um, but we did speak about two main points, if I remember correctly. Number one, that this was uh, not a topic limited to Muslim women, but this is a topic about all women. Okay, But there are certain things that are specific or they're more emphasized, especially nowadays, on the Muslim woman. So this is something for all to benefit from, inshallah, azza wa jal. Um, but they are going to be, we're going to talk from an Islamic perspective and we're going to show how some of the final points are about um, the Muslim woman in particular. And we spoke about... Uh, Allah Azza wa Jal, this was the second point, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who created us. And Allah Azza created created us, created us for a purpose, which is for His worship. And Him creating us, Him being the all-knowledgeable, the all-wise, He made legislations regarding how we should live our lives. And these are ultimately for the benefit of humanity, ultimately. So this is very important to understand that we are not here to make our own laws. We are not here to make our own judgments. We are not here to run our own lives. This is not how it works. You have choice. You can follow that which you want, but then you also have to deal with the consequences. Or you can submit to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants and live in the best possible manner in this dunya and then reap the rewards also in the hereafter. And also regarding uh, people that may differ with others on this point, I don't agree with this point, I don't agree with that point, we say we have to have a judge between us. And who is the judge? Allah Azza wa Jal. As Allah SWT said in the Quran, if you differ, if you differ amongst any uh, if you differ regarding anything to take it back to Allah Azza and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So if a person wants to discuss these points, what's right, what's wrong, how it should be, how it shouldn't be, and they uh, submit and they accept the concept of Allah is our Lord and Allah is the ultimate judge, then let's take it back to the Quran and Sunnah to understand these matters in and from an Islamic perspective. Let's get straight into it, Shaykh Nasim. Our third point, which is I'm not sure if we spoke about it or not. But this is a very, very, very important point when it comes to understanding this point. That when it comes to the modern world, okay, specifically modern Western philosophy, modern Western lifestyles and the like, even the way many decisions are made in the uh, modern Western context, they're not based on religion. They're not based on history. They're not based on science. No other based on logic. This is a very important premise to understand because when you discuss these points, a lot of people try and talk about it from a modern perspective and because of a modern pre- progressive 
perspective, they look at it like, okay, it must be backed up by science. It must be backed up by logic. It must be backed up by uh, something to prove that these ideas are right. Where, as we'll see, inshallah, azawajal, very, 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 very quickly, based on these four things, which are the main ways of determining whether something is right or not, it has nothing to do with it. So if we start off with religion, when it comes to religion, Taban, the modern Western world is uh, extremely secular and it's got nothing to do, generally speaking, with religion. A lot of the previous laws are based on Judeo-Christian norms, Judeo-Christian values. For example, marriage between a man and a woman. This is a Judeo-Christian value. Nowadays, they allow same-sex marriage. Why did they allow it now and they didn't allow it previously? Because now we are no longer legislated or we are no longer restricted through legislations of Judeo-Christian values. So now it's open. People want to do it, let's do it. This is very important, especially for the Muslim. Okay, these are the little specifics that we're going to specify towards the Muslims. This is very important towards the Muslim because if you are a Muslim and you understand that Islam is a way of life, you understand that Allah sent down the Quran, sent the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa with the legislation, hudan linnas, as a guidance for mankind, then you will understand I need to follow the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so if I have beliefs, if I have ideas, if I have rules, if I have legislation that goes against the Sharia of Islam, then what do I do? I say, thank you very much, but I have to reject it and I will follow what my Sharia tells me to follow. This is how the believer's perspective automatically is. Unfortunately, a lot of people, their lines are blurred when it comes to that. So when it comes to this understanding of complete submission to what Islam came with, they're, they're, the lines are blurred and you find many of them, they accept other ways, Taban, this is extremely problematic because it could be from a minor sin to a major sin to ayyadun billah all the way to kufr. Okay, but this is another discussion altogether. But if a person says, look, I'm happy to know that or I'm, I can, I'm happy to accept that these aren't based on religious values because the world's moving forward. The world's moving forward, so we don't really need these ideas. We as human beings, we've got, you know, it's amazing intellect. We've come so far in terms of advancement in technology and the like we can find other means to govern ourselves. So we say, even though this is an extremely dangerous premise, if it doesn't lead to kufr, okay, ayyadun billah, we'll discuss, for the sake of discussion, the other points. Okay, if you understand that they don't base it on religion, Islam, no other than Islam, then maybe they're based on science. And so if you were to look at science and say a lot of what they claim to be right and wrong, including matters of how they want a woman to be today, is it scientifically conducive? Is it scientifically productive? Is it scientifically right? The reality is no. A lot of how they want the man to be and how they want the woman to be is not from the nature of men. It's not from the nature of women. And biologically speaking, it can be proven easily. So they want the man, for example, to not be attracted to the woman. As an example. Yani if a woman goes to the workplace and she's going to beautify herself, this leads to issues in the workplace. The solution is the men should control themselves. Of course, men should control themselves. No one ever in the world says men should not control themselves. But you need to understand scientifically there are chemical reactions that happen in which a person is more likely to act a certain way in a certain setting. Now, whilst you don't justify the act happening, what you do is take the means to reduce the likelihood of that happening. Just like you have, for example, in certain places, uh, alcohol-free zones. Why? Because we want to keep this place as safe as possible, so we need to put in certain restrictions here. 
for, and I'm talking about not from a Islamic perspective, Taban, a non-Muslim perspective. When it comes to driving a car, there are restrictions on the uh, consumption of alcohol. Why? Because the increased alcohol consumption is likely to lead to increased problems. So you understand that there are increased, uh, there's an increased likelihood in problems happening if certain things are present. Tayyib, scientifically, forget religion. Forget religion, forget ikhtilat, forget hijab, forget all of these things. Scientifically, certain settings are going to cause more problems. Are you doing what you can to decrease those problems? The reality is no. Scientifically speaking, the psyche of a woman, she is more emotional. A man is more rational. This is, let's get rid of any, our emotions for a second. Let's look at, again, the facts. Let's look at the science. Women are more emotional. Men think more rationally. The physical strength, men are generally speaking stronger than women. There's so many you know, things that you can say scientifically and you say, okay, these facts that we have scientifically, are they what the West currently wants the woman to be? Are they in line with the woman's nature? What we can prove scientifically? The reality is no. Certain people ask, um, they're trying to you know, complain. Uh, there's a uh, bias against females. You know, with the gender age gap. Okay, the gender age gap. So the gender age gap. <laughs> the the gender pay gap. Mm. Okay, the gender pay yes. gap. There's an issue. We say, okay, let's look at facts. Let's bring facts and statistics and let's study it. Why, generally speaking, do men get paid more on average than a woman? Is it because Why? they're more productive? You, that's, that's this is the point. Let's look so at the facts behind them. them. Okay. Uh, women get their menses. Okay. The average woman gets her menses, you know, six or seven days a month. Tayyib. Scientifically, it's proven. Not through Wallah, what we're saying at Al-Bayan Radio. Scientifically, it's proven when a woman has her menses, she is less productive in the workplace. Tayyib. Women get pregnant. Understandably so as well. Yeah, of course. This is, when, normal, yeah. this is not a aib. 100%. This is not a aib in the sense that uh, yani we ostracize a woman because she gets her menses. We are talking now what the West uh, wants her to be. And what the complaints are from certain people that, uh, you know, when people don't follow this way, and we say, okay, but let's look at the facts and say why it shouldn't be that way. Uh, when a woman gets uh, pregnant, again, she is more likely to be sick, she's more likely to miss days at work, and her productivity, generally speaking, reduces. When a woman does have a child, she is, uh, she takes much longer leave, which for companies costs them more money to get and train a new person. When a woman does have children, she, out of the two partners, is more likely to take those days off. Now, a person may come back and ask, Tayyib, why should it be that the woman is more likely to take the day off? We say, one, because you forget religion. One, scientifically speaking, who is the better carer for the child, the mother or the father? This is why the woman has been, again, throughout history, the carer of, the main carer of the children. It's not hard to understand. But the people nowadays, they want you to understand things in a certain way, which it's not, it's reality. Okay, and we're going to get to some of the points about are men and women the same? Okay, this point of men and women being the same. So, scientifically speaking, it's against you. The way that the West currently wants men and women to be, scientifically, it's wrong. Number three, historically speaking. Even before you continue, growing up, you used to see that primary school teachers would, predominantly women, okay. you wouldn't see much men. There were, but very rare. 
Is that because they are, they are better with with the kids in that age group? You think? They're better with children. They're more patient. They're more patient. Um, they're more understanding. They're more tolerant. They're they're more fun for that younger age. Because I'm thinking now, from kindergarten to to year six, you almost only had. Only, I think it I was weird. One male teacher. It was weird if you had a uh, male in primary, primary yeah. school teacher. High school is a bit different. Yeah, it's weird. Now again, a person may say, "Okay, we need to change those norms." Stop. Why do you need to change those norms? They are better at that age. Okay. Why do you need? We experience. Why do you need to change those norms? This is a question that needs to be asked. Why? What I don't get is, is, is as we were talking before, productivity. Obviously, in certain fields, it's the man is just gonna outdo the woman. Especially, generally speaking, in physical labor, that's you know you don't need anyone. You don't need Einstein to tell you that. As a bricklayer, I I don't. I don't like. You see, this, this topic is so simple, but. Because it's marketed so well and the propaganda for it is so strong, yeah, people are easily fooled. Like when you have like gender quotas, okay? Uh, in For the fire brigade, we need to have um, 50% men, 50% women. But I thought it's on merit. It, that's that's the thing. So this, is, this is the issue. Now you're forcing our way. And, and you got to ask yourself, do you want people to be in positions that are the most qualified, that are the best for that position? Or in a position because of their gender. So I remember back in when I was in the workforce back in the day, that's what it was. It was merit. Whoever is the best for that position. And I remember reading and and, and watching some discussions on the uh, the gender pay uh, uh, gap, and they they gave examples of sport. You know, like for example, take the Australian cricket team, for argument's sake. You know, probably the you know the most prestigious national team we can say in Australian sport. The, gen- the 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 pay they get and the ratings on TV g- they generate and therefore sponsorship, you know, is quite high. But if you were to get the women's cricket team, for example, how much people watch it on TV? Not much. How much sponsorship does it generate? Nowhere near as much as the men. It may have increased. You, then you can have the same same discussion regarding you know men's basketball, the NBA especially. How much people watch the NBA and how much people. You know, there's watch things, the there's things that go these into, just, there's things that go into those outcomes. Quite, quite simple. Yeah, like, there's things, it's not all like, more oh, eyes, more money. It's not all Therefore of the, the pay will be extra, and the men, you know, dominating and they're oppressing the females. It doesn't work like that. There are things that go into the outcomes that uh, that we see. Okay, it's not hard. Again, you go back to we go back to that uh, that um, uh, you know gender quotas. Okay, we need to have fifty percent. This it should be as you mentioned, based on merit. Who is the best for this position? Now, if a female is disadvantaged in the sense that she's not as physically strong as the men, or she doesn't have as much endurance as the men, or she's not as uh, brave, again, generally speaking, as the men to get into certain situations, why should that matter when it comes to choosing a position like the army or choosing a position like the uh, fire brigade? What? Why should that matter? These are the traits that you want. You want someone who's going to be more likely to be able to drag someone out of a burning house or going to be uh, more physically able and more brave, my apologies, you know, to climb up a, a building to rescue someone. These are the things that you want. It's not about, okay, there's 50%, sorry, all of you other guys that you know, are perfectly fit for the position and better for the position, we don't want you guys because we can't have you guys. We need to put females here. This is not how... A productive society is meant to work, but we're forced to, yani, yani, we're forced to believe that nowadays from a young age that no, 
men and women are the same. Whatever a man can do, a woman can do exactly the same, if not better. Whilst there are many fields that is correct, but there are some fields women do better than men and fields that men do better than women, generally speaking. So let it be on merit. Let it be on merit. Even, again, this was a, a funny uh, statistic. I can't remember the exact numbers, but I'm, I remember uh, seeing the list of the wealthiest women in the world. And this is something that Taban, again, some people who are very naive about, you know, the place of women in the world. And they talk about, you know, look at all these, you know, billionaire females. Okay, we say, okay, no problem. You got all these female billionaires. I can't remember how many from the top list, you know, how far it goes down, but how did they become billionaires? It wasn't many of them, if not all of them, through their own ethic. It mm. was through their divorces. <laughs> okay, interesting. It was through their divorces, and that's how they got to the position that they were in, okay, in terms of uh, being from the wealthiest women in the world. So why do I mention something like that? Don't bring these examples of these female billionaires and say, look, see, women can also do it. That's a very bad example. That example is against you. That example is against you. We're not worried about how she made her billions or how they made her billions, but don't throw it down our throats that, on, again, on average, that the woman has the same drive as the man. Scientifically speaking, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about my opinion, your opinion. We're talking about actual statistics and studies that have been done. So again, this is, these are things that they don't base their decisions based on science. Okay, even if we broaden the spectrum a little bit, you know, the whole gender issue in general, uh, uh, male and female, we know that you've got male, female. Okay, yeah, there's some very, very, very small percent in the middle that are hermaphrodites. And generally speaking, it becomes apparent, are they male or are they female a little bit later on? Okay, but the vast majority of human beings, you have, and not just human creation in general, animals, plants, and others, you have male and you have female. Scientifically, this is proven, okay? Scientifically, it's proven. How does a person come today and say, um, you can't call me a female just because I have female genitalia? Or you can't call me uh, a male just because I have male private parts? You think, okay, so what, then the, what do you get called? Okay? And then you've got all of these funny titles, gender X and gender Mawarif Shu and gender this and gender that. One of the funny things to show you how far this has gone and how far this uh, uh, political correctness has gone, in one of the schools... And this is, wallah, I actually wish it was a uh, a lie and it was a false story. But one of the schools, I won't mention the area so that no one gets in trouble. And I won't mention the specific animal that the person wanted to be called. It's going to be Liverpool. And no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't Sydney, okay? <laughs> so uh, there were some Muslim students. Shout out to everyone. And this is how we know about it because there some Muslim students. So they got in trouble. Why did they get in trouble? Because there was a uh, female in the class who wanted to be identified as, it's it's funnier than this. I'm not going to mention it again, just so they don't get in trouble in case someone gets back to them. But she wanted to be identified as a cat. Okay? She wanted to be identified as something else. But she wanted to be identified as a cat. So you think, okay, like someone wanting to be identified as a cat is one thing. They thought it was a joke. They thought it was a joke. So they're making like meowing noises. Oh, no. <laughs> and she was serious. And she was serious. So the school... Got the three boys in trouble because they said if she wants to identify as uh, a cat, that is her right. And you need to respect that. And you need to now, like, deal with her according to how she identifies. So they were, like, so confused. They said, we thought it was a joke. And, like, we're meowing and not meowing because she's meowing. Like, it was just 
strange. She was actually meowing. Yeah, but she made the other animal noise. Again, I'm not going to say the actual animal, actual but she was making the actual, actual animal noises. So it's just like something I, I don't know. I was in a shock state of disbelief. I was cracking up. I didn't yeah, know what to do. It is. It is it's now, sad. why is there no one to say, stop for a second. It's getting out of hand. You know, we understand that you may have certain preferences, but the reality is this. The reality is this, and this is how you need to act. This is a, a young girl who I think it was uh, at high school. You're a young girl at the beginning of high school. You've got a long journey in life ahead of you, inshallah. You need to make sure that you know how to do with life. You can't go through life thinking that you're a cat and you're going to get upset that you know you got teased. It's going to lead to real issues. Okay, so this is science. Biology is science. The facts are there. Take it. It's uh, unfortunately when, not. When we were growing up, it was a bit different. If a guy wanted to be identified as a wahash, <laughs> he would do certain actions, like on the on the sports field. You know, like uh, wahash. What, how would you translate wahash? You're a beast. A beast. Beast, beast. That's beast mode. You can say back then, yeah. but it was different. Like it was a praise. It was a praise or a nickname. Yeah, and, he, and he didn't he didn't get home thinking that it was actual beast. Yeah, but we're eating we, out of a we bowl. Do, we do have nicknames in Islam. Like just just on a <laughs> on a side note there, that, but the person has to be. In a sense, he understands quite, his limits. He understands his limits, and he has to be uh, liked to be called that name. name. No, you know what I mean, not like if we call him an Assad, a lion, for example. Mm. He doesn't like it. We don't call him that. We don't want to upset him. Yeah. So maybe you know, Allah Musta'an. There's some funny things. Again, scientifically speaking, it's clear. But the way that the world is moving today, they don't even care about the science. So okay, maybe history, maybe like how human beings we've been for thousands of years as a minimum. Men have a certain role. Females have a certain role. Okay, yes, there are some times where it's it's yeah. it's, it's uh, it interlapse, no problem. But the general rule is, men have a certain way and females have a certain way. Yeah, how did that come about? Okay. This is how it works because this is our nature. So when I say history, forward slash nature. This is our nature. This is what drove us to have certain positions. What changed? The reality is, if you speak to the majority of females. The majority of females, and you ask them real life questions. Say, put all of the things that you've been uh, indoctrinated with from a young age. Be honest. Do you, for example, want to have children? The majority are going to tell you yes. Of course, I want to have children. Do you want to live a simple, uh, you know, a nice, happy family life? The majority tell you yes. I want to. Not all. Hundred percent. Not all. We're not worried about all. The majority. And this is with all of this propaganda from a young age that, you know, you need to be career-driven, you need to go uh, find your career, you need to be independent, you don't need a man, you don't need a family, blah, blah. Tayyip, would you rather look after a family at home or would you rather be in the workplace? I'm not going to say the majority. Let me not even speak for the majority now regarding that question. The majority that we've dealt with, religious and non-religious, the ones that we've heard in the workplace when we used to be in the corporate environment, even from there, the majority of them would prefer, uh, prefer to be at home looking after their children rather than uh, in the workplace. Okay? Again, I'm not speaking for all females. No, not at all. So that no one says, oh, uh, Yanni, what makes you think? We're talking about the ones that we've had experience with, Muslims and non-Muslims, religious and non-religious. But because they see it's already a pre-made lifestyle for them, that you're born, you go to school, get a university, or find a job, and focus on your career. And even if you do have a family, your family is like part-time. You know, child care, before school care, after school care, and you and you get to work. Okay? This is how the lifestyle is. It's not about being a full-time mother. If you do that, you look at it as backwards now. You try and be a mother. You're, you want to be a mother. Like, get, right now, 
any 18-year-old girl, let's say she's finishing her HSC, and ask her, what are, you planning, what are you planning on doing? What do you want to do with your life? If she replies back, I'm not worried about her as an individual. If she replies back, I want to be uh, um, a mother, I want to be a housewife, I want to raise my children well. I want to look after my children and be a full-time mother. What will society look at her as? It's frowned upon now, isn't it? Many of the young girls that come, we teach, alhamdulillah, how many young girls do we teach? Okay? Many of them, girls, when they have these discussions, they say, we don't want to get out and have a career. We don't want to. That's not what we want. But it's forced upon us. If they mention, you know, I want to, um, inshallah, start a family, and I want to be able to, you know, raise uh, my family, look after my children. Some of them, they say, I don't want to go through what my, I went through with my own mother, who was out at work. And, you know, when we would see her, it's it's already like towards the nighttime, and she's tired, and we didn't have much of a relationship. They said, we don't want that. We want to, you know, have a, a like a real fruitful relationship with our children. Maybe even our daughters get married young, and, uh, you know, maybe we have grandchildren, and I'm still, you know, in my early 40s. For example, I have grandchildren, inshallah. I've got like 30 years I can enjoy with my grandchildren. I see my grand, my children, my my grandchildren's children, inshallah. You know, and I've got energy and I'm alive as opposed to, you know, uh, she's a grandmother when she retires and she wants nothing to do with anyone because she's got no patience for anyone. She just wants to go off and holiday or whatever it may be. These are students, but they say, this is what I want. But when I mention it, even to my own parents, they look at me like, oh, I'm an idiot. Or they look at me almost like as in like 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 someone died. Why? Well, history and historically speaking, were, were all of these people, yani, all these female, they're all duds, they're all stupid, they're all wrong. What are they? What are they? I find that argument quite insulting when someone speaks of that because like the older generation, most of our mothers and grandmothers lived that life. That's what they were not, uh, not just our mothers and grandmothers. This is a very important point. It's not just our mothers and grandmothers. The entire world, like, the and, entire world, lived like and this. They are the greatest women in our eyes, aren't they? We we can't find anyone in, in our in our lifetimes who takes Anywhere their like role. It. Yeah. So for, when we hear that argument, it's like you're putting you're putting a, a figure there. You're putting people there. You're putting someone from your family who astound that's in your eyes. They're the cream of the crop. They're the best people in your life, and you're hearing these arguments that these people are. Mm. You know, they, they, they didn't achieve what they should achieve in life. They're missing out. They, they wasted their life, basically. And what made them the best of the best that we know in our lives? You know, what made our mothers and our grandmothers the best? What made them like that? Their sacrifice for their children. Like, let's be honest. Let's be realistic. If a child now, and again, the science is there. Psychologically speaking, mental health speaking, uh, this is extremely important. This is studied a lot. Speak to psychologists. Speak to counselors. Let's talk, again, science. Let's talk history. Let's talk nature. You get now a child. That child only sees from his mother. And again, not all working mothers are like this. I understand. We're speaking generally. Okay? You get a child whose mother drops him off at preschool in the morning. I love you, Habibi. Assalamu alaikum. Goes to, goes to uh, work. Comes back home. She's, she's tired. She's been working six, seven, eight hours also. She comes home now. How much attention can that mother give? Honestly, a lot of the time, what ends up happening, the mother is replaced with the iPad or the computer or the video game. So that child after school, that, that mother after work comes home and gives the child the uh, uh, give the child the you know the device for them to shut up. 
You focus on that. And if there's talk, it's like very, very, very basic talk. Even a non-Muslim dietitian. I was listening to a non-Muslim dietitian talk about um, the lack of nutrients many Australians have. You know, wallah, what he, what he said, that part of the reason is the lack of nutritional meals because of the lack of time to, uh, to prepare. Where, and he said it like word for word, that many mothers are out working, so they don't have time to cook nutritional meals for their children. So they rely on pre-made meals or takeaway, which obviously lack a lot of nutrients. So what ends up happening is we're trying to solve issues and we're making them worse. Why does the issue exist in the first place? I don't solve your cold or your flu by giving you a box of tissues. That's not how you solve it. But that's what we're doing. There's a symptom, you know, children lack attention. Here, here's, a, here's your iPad to shut you up. Where's that going to lead in 20, 30 years? Where's that going to lead? Historically speaking, we had good societies because we had good people raising those societies. Even if they were non-Muslims, even if they were Muslims, doesn't matter what you were, there was some uprightness, there was manners, there was uh, morals, there was etiquette and the like. There's always going to be stupidity, there's always going to be wrong, but compared to the good, the good fire outweighs. Nowadays, what outweighs what? Be, let's be honest. What far outweighs what? And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse because the norm is that she's not a full-time mother. She's not a housewife. That's the norm. So when she has to become a housewife, and we'll speak about that in Shola in the series, there's, that leads to other issues. So historically speaking, how were women? How were men? Why were they like that? Because of their nature. Dave, what does that tell you about how we're living our life today? Do modern lifestyle choices uh, take their guidance from history? No. They want to figure everything out new. And that's leading to a whole bunch of other issues. Nassim, inshallah, in part three, we will open the, the opportunity for our brothers and sisters to contribute to our program. We'll inshallah. put our WhatsApp number and we'll get the contribution. We'll pose a question in, in line with the discussion we, we're going to have in part three. Inshallah. And we'll hear what our brothers and sisters think uh, about this topic and get their input. And that way we can benefit from one another bit in We're happy to discuss points even. And I say this 100%. even when I discuss this with the sisters or the brothers. I'm happy to discuss points. But we have to have a condition. Emotions out the window. Let's leave the emotions outside and let's only talk facts and, 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 and reality. At, at the end of the day as well, you've mentioned it a few times for the discussion point of view that let's put religion on the side. But as Muslims, of course, religion uh, for dominates us, everything. Uh, for us, us yeah. our religion everything. And the reality is, as we mentioned, if a person says, I'm going to take Islam first and foremost, we're not going to have any of this discussion. That's the reality. When do these problems arise when we don't take our religion for everything in our lives? This is the problem. We take our religion completely. Yeah. We need to we we take the religion completely. You believe, enter into Islam completely and then follow the footsteps of shaitan. That's how we're meant to be as believers. These issues don't arise if you're implementing Islam. Let's put that you know, from the beginning. You're not going to have the issues because like we said, the issue is going to be solved. You're not going to be raising your five-year-old daughter from a young age in her mind thinking, what are you going to have as a career? So that by the time she's 20 years old, she doesn't know how to be a housewife. Sheikh, why is that important? Why does she know how to be a housewife? Okay, so when she gets married, when she gets married, she's got a career. All of these we're going to talk about, inshallah. When she gets married, she uh, her husband ex expects certain things. She expects certain things of her husband. They're not there. They're not there. They can't fulfill each other's rights. They can't fulfill each other's needs. He's not a husband. She's not a wife. Tayyib. What do we want from a husband? Generally speaking, there's certain issues. We can fix them, inshallah. 
What do you want from the wife? His list is so much more. Is it unnatural to ask what he's asking for? For example, he wants a woman to look after the house. He wants to have children, etc. She doesn't want that. You have big issues. You have big issues. Okay? We have a lot of divorces. What are those divorces for? Yes, 100%. Men are the reason for divorce many times. Without doubt. Without doubt. Even if the marriage stays together, the raising of the children. Who is the main person that raises the children? Oh, Sheikh, you can't say nowadays that the woman is the main one that raises the children. Or the father always has to be present. The father yeah, has yeah, to be present. But who said you can't say that the women are the main caretakers of the children? And then we're going to get to these points, inshallah, azawajal. But it's just very important that from a young age, you're not going to be causing these issues in the first place. These issues are going to be resolved or minimized from a very early age. The, the final point that we said that uh, modern Western philosophy and lifestyle and decision making is not based on is logic. It's not hard to see the reality in front of you. It's not hard. You know, we don't even need to go into detail. And we spoke about it when we spoke about religion, spoke about science, and we spoke about history and human nature. A lot of it goes back to as well. You know, simple logic. Simple logic of how it is to be a man and how it is to be a woman and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. What happens a lot of the time is the lines get blurred because men try and think like women and women try and think like men. And so when a lot of these decisions are made, a lot of the time it's a woman saying, why can't men just do X, Y, Z? Because they're not women. Just like it's not rational for the men to say, why can't, you know, for example, he's gone through marriage issues. Why can't my wife just be like X, Y, Z? Why can't she just take it as a joke? Because she's not a, a man. We have a lot of word off a duck's back. No problem. We get over things very easily. You said that word. She's very affected by that. She's very upset by that because she's emotional. She gets scarred by that. Why can't she get over it quickly? Because she's not a man. Then don't, don't expect her to be like a man. So women should expect men to be like women. And men should expect women to be like men. It's simple logic. Simple logic. Is it working? No. If it's not working, then let's fix it. Let's look at the reality of the world today. Is the world working properly? The reality is no. That's the reality. But they won't base, unfortunately, of any of these things. So the question remains, so we can finalize, inshallah, the question uh, remains, what do they base it on then? Nothing but whims and desires. This is the reality. Nothing but whims and desires. If you ask what gives a person the right to say same-sex marriage is legal, do they get it from religion? No, no religion says it's legal. From the Adan al yani. In Islam or in their eyes, uh, Christianity or Judaism doesn't allow it. From uh, science, scientifically, there are so many issues with homosexuality, it's not funny. That's why, in terms of uh, sexually transmitted diseases, they have the highest rates. Okay? Put that aside. Uh, scientifically, is that something uh, productive, good, proper? No. The Even even they tried to avoid so much, you know, talking about the recent uh, monkeypox. Okay, about who was affecting. The reality is, we know who was affecting. Even scientifically, I want people, mature adults, to look up why it's transmitted so much between them. Even when I, I wanted to research it, why is it so high? So when I research even things about skin in certain places and disease, it's all there in bacteria and how easy it is to spread to the rest of the body. You find that, okay? But go look it up. Scientifically, you know why it's wrong. Tape is it based on history. What we same-sex marriage, historically speaking, is there something accepted? No, it's not something accepted. They logic logically does it make sense for a man to marry a man and a woman to marry a woman? It doesn't make sense. Then what's it based on? Whims and desires. Love is love. 
a man has a right to choose, a person has a right to choose whoever they want to marry. Right choice. It's whims and desires, no problem. Whims and desires. So don't come and say that the world is progressing in a logical way, in a reasonable way, in a progressive way, in a productive way. It's not. The reality is it's not. But you need to have a criteria. What do you judge right and wrong by? As Muslims, as you mentioned, our deen is first and foremost. So we need to understand that point first and foremost. When you're told you have to go and have a career as a female. Okay, religiously speaking, is that what Islam tells us? Let's be honest. And we're going to get into points about Khadija. We're going to get into points about Aisha We're going to get into those points, inshallah, azza wa jal. But it's just going to take a bit of time with this series. Um, we're going to get into points about uh, uh, the deen. Is it based on science? No, it's not based on science. Is it based on uh, uh, history and nature? No. Is it based on logic? No, it's not. Whims and desires. So we need to understand as Muslims and as even if you're non-Muslim and you're listening, you need to understand as a sane being, as an intellectual being, that right and wrong can't just be whatever the wave tells us, whatever society tells us. We need to think, is it working or is it not working? The reality is it's not working. That's the reality. It's not working. And the facts and the studies are there to prove it. So don't just fold your, uh, put your uh, eyes, your hands over your eyes and ignore the facts and just say, I'm going to be like the emu, head on the ground, which scientifically they don't do that, but it's just a saying, okay? Don't be like the emu, you know, putting its uh, head in the ground and say, I'm going to ignore it. And then you try and find band-aid solutions, which only lead to worse issues. No, be smart. Be smart and fix the issues, even if it means swimming against the tide and going against what society is built upon today, because that's the reality. And for the Muslims, glad tiding to you. And for the non-Muslims, we invite you to Islam. And for you to also be in the hadith of the Prophet Islam began as something strange and it will return back to being something strange. So glad tiding be to the strangers. You're strange, why? Because it's all corruption around you and you're trying to be upright. As the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned. Barakallah feek, Sheikh Naseem. Thank you for being with us today. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.